All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad you're here. Can we take one more moment, man? Can we make just 10 seconds of noise for the Lord Jesus? If you're excited to be in the house, if you're thankful for a good God doing good things in your life, come on, let's make some noise for the King of Kings. Come on, Lawrenceburg, let's honor God. Well, welcome, everybody. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor here at Faith Church. I want to say again, welcome to all of you that are here live at our Florence campus. I want to show some love for those who are in Lawrenceburg. Come in. We honor our Lawrenceburg campus. Good to have you guys in the house as well. Uh, also, man, everybody who's watching online, we have guests, uh, Faith Church family members who are not in the house yet, but who are watching online. And again, guests from watching literally all over the United States, some around the world. Can we show some love for them? It's good to have you guys tuning in. We say it every week that we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world, and that's just not a catchphrase. That's something that I've experienced personally. So many of you in this room, you know it's true that if you'll allow Jesus into your life, wherever your struggle, your habit, your heartache, it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. So, man, that's an invitation to you if you're new to allow Jesus to step into your life. Come on, how people know that he is the difference maker? Come on, let's show him some love one more time. Man, I love the energy in the house. Let's go. Y'all got to help me today. Today is going to be a, a topic uh, I'm going to tackle, I think, probably for the first time ever, but I believe God's going to speak to all of us. Um, I want to start by making this announcement. I have been a AAA member for 28 years. AAA, if you don't know what it is, AAA is the American Automobile Association. Yeah, I know you're probably not very hyped up about it like I was the very first time I became a member 28 years ago because I really undervalued the gift. AAA membership is basically a membership that allows you, if you're a member, if you run out of gas, if you lock your keys in the car, if you get a flat tire, basically they are a, an organization you can call and they will come and assist you on the side of the road. And I'll never forget 28 years ago, my parents gave me that gift as a birthday gift I remember I was pretty excited at first because I could feel the plastic card in the envelope and I thought someone's going, going to dinner tonight. You know what I'm saying? But I opened it up and peeled out the envelope and instead of a gift card to a restaurant or to a store, there was a membership to AAA. Now I had to put on a good face because my mom and dad was standing there. It was their gift so I had to make sure I at least demonstrated I was appreciating. Come on, y'all have been in that place. And I thought AAA, I mean, let's be honest, I'm never going to run out of gas right? Because they have those little things on the dashboard that let you know when you're low. I know some of you want to see how far you can get when it's on E. So I'm never going to run out of gas. You know, if I lock my keys in the car, I've not always been saved. I know how to bypass that. And if I ever get a flat tire, like I'm not going to call somebody and wait for them. Like I know how to change the flat tire. So I remember getting this gift and just feeling like, you know, I, you know, whatever. And my parents continued to get me and still get me that gift every single year, now 28 years, for my birthday. But not long into the process, I really learned to appreciate that gift because it's far more than that. I have now been towed several times, but there's all kinds of discounts. If you're, if you're traveling, you get airfare discounts and hotel discounts. And if you're going to Disney, you get fast pass discounts. And like, really, and it's accepted everywhere. I even used it once at Dick's Sporting Goods. That's right. I will proudly swipe my AAA card. And so really, it's, I love the gift now, but I know I'm not the only one in this room that has ever undervalued a gift. In fact, today for a few minutes, I want to talk about probably how many of us who are in this room or in Lawrenceburg or watching online, how we have undervalued one of the greatest gifts we have ever been given, and that is our bodies. 
We step into the new year, and the new year for many of us, we determine is going to be a new me. And so we start making different adjustments to all kinds of areas. And so I thought since we are already going to make the stride to have a new me in the new year, we would tackle some of the topics that all of us look at anyways. And so we jumped into a new series last week entitled Fresh Start. Come on, how many people here want a fresh start, right? We look at our lives and we want to reset. We want to mulligan. We want to do over. And so we're tackling some of the topics that some of us are dealing with anyways. Last week, we talked about fresh faith. We're going to talk about fresh finances, fresh friends, but today we're talking about fresh fitness. Now, I know fresh fitness, some of you guys are like, wait a minute, Pastor, time out. I came to church, like to talk about spiritual things, because that's what you talk about in church is spiritual things, and you're talking about fitness and the body. Like, does that even line up? And I'm going to be honest, stepping into this message, I felt really challenged, like, I don't know if I should do this. But I really believe that God laid it on my heart, so I spent a lot of time preparing and studying, and I believe God's going to speak something profound to all of us, because you can start right out of the gate and understand that God has something significant to say about your bodies and about your fitness. In fact, your bodies are spiritual. Check this out. Listen, this is what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He said, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, come on, everybody read these five words, give your bodies to God. Because of all he's done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way that you worship him. So the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, you know, your body really does matter. It's not just this spiritual side. He didn't say give your hearts to God. He didn't say give your, give your, give your minds to God, though that's all part of our spiritual journey. The Apostle Paul says, hey, give your bodies to God. What I want you to know is our bodies are biblical. God has so much to say about that part of who you are. Unfortunately, I think many of us, we don't have a biblical perspective on our bodies. In fact, I want to go through a couple of the perspectives that many of us carry about our bodies that are out of balance from the Bible, that are out of whack from God's Word. And there are ultimately these three, I think, that many of us wrestle with when it comes to our body and the unhealthy, unbiblical perspectives that we have. Either we reject it, we try to perfect it, or we neglect it. I mean, think about this for a minute. All of us, I think, in this room, if we're honest enough, have wrestled with body image issues. I can remember times standing in front of the mirror and not always loving what was looking back at me, right? I mean, I have done this. I don't know if you've ever done this before. You look in the mirror and you start making a list. Hey, if I could control like anything, if I had unlimited, if I knew the right doctor and I had unlimited money, like here's the list of things I would change about me. And I have gone through that myself, like stand there and I would look at this. You see this hump right here on my forehead? It's like, am I a Neanderthal? I'm not sure. My ears are really small. My head's not large. It's just, it's, my ears are too small. I love blue eyes. I have blue eyes, but like they're really dark. I would really love some light blue eyes. Like my teeth are crooked. Like, and I'm just, I'm still from the neck up, kids. (laughs) So I don't know if anybody else is with me, but like I would go through and think, I don't like this. And, And maybe you're in this room and when it comes to your body, you hate what you have and you think God goofed and made mistakes. Because your legs are too long and you're, you're too heavy, you're too tall, you're too short, your hair's right, it's too straight, it's too curly, like you don't like your skin, it's too dark, it's not dark enough. And like we look at our bodies and we despise what we see and we think God made mistakes. And I want you to know something, that it is unhealthy to reject the body that God gave you. 
And so a lot of us in this room, we wrestle with this idea of rejection. The other way that I think we wrestle through and we don't really have a biblical perspective of our body is the opposite side of rejecting it. I think a lot of us work way too hard to try to perfect it. I say perfect that I mean like we're in this action, like we're in full mode drive ahead. Some of you in this room, some of you in Lawrenceburg are watching online, we're like you spend a lot of time in the gym or a lot of money like on vitamins and a lot of extra time and like you're trying to perfect this body. You're trying to maintain and maximize it to an unhealthy level. Like you're trying to make sure that you're, right, your fat is low and your lean muscle mass is high. And there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, I want you to hear specifically what Paul said about this topic. This is, I think, really powerful. Again, this is in the Bible. 1 Timothy 4, Paul said this. First four words. Everybody shout this. Everybody watching, even if you're at home, your dog might look at you like you're crazy, but say it like you mean it. Physical training is? Y'all say that again. Physical training is? So I want you to know what the Bible says. What God's word says about you and your body is physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, I want you to notice one doesn't displace the other. He's not saying just be all spiritual, not physically. He's saying, no, be physical, but don't allow your pursuit of the perfection to outmatch your goal to grow in Christ. And I, what I have found is that there are a lot of people that just don't have time. They, they're not in church because they're in the gym. They're not in God's house because they're in Gold's gym. Come on, somebody, like, they're like, come on. And they have, un, they have this unbalanced pursuit towards a perfect body. And I want you to know that God gave you a body, the purpose of your body. You're not supposed to, right, use your body. You're not here to, to worship your body. You're here to use your body for worship. And so we go from this balance, we swing from rejecting it to trying to perfect it. But I think a lot of us in this room, a lot of us, again, Lawrenceburg, if we're honest, I think a lot of us, we kind of land in this place where we neglect it. We work too hard, rest too little, eat too much, and don't work out enough. And we wonder why our bodies are in the place that they're in. Man, we struggle with the place we find ourselves I think, man, it's, it's evident if we look around, it's true. There's all kinds of studies done. It's not just my opinion of where we're at physically. Um, I don't know if you know this, but America is one of the most obese nations in the world. Like, we have just a little bit of a weight problem. <laughs> to back this up, in, um, in 2006, New York Stadium, Yankee Stadium was rebuilt but the one that was in its place was built in the middle of the 70s, and the change from the 70s to 2006, in about 25, 30 years, even though they built a very similar size stadium, they had to put 9,000 less seats in the new stadium. Do you know why? Not because the stadium got smaller, but because our rear ends got bigger. Beep, beep, beep. Right? And so we are one of the most obese nations on the planet. If you live in the Southeast, statistics tell us we are some of the most obese people in the nation. And also, just to back it up a little bit further, Christians, Christ followers, are some of the fattest people in the nation. So if you live in Alabama or Tennessee, pay attention today is what I'm trying to tell you. Because, <laughs> again, we are just a little bit out of whack. Even though our bodies are, are, are biblical, 
Most of us have lost and have an unbalanced, unhealthy perspective of what God says about our bodies. And I think ultimately what God calls us to do is not to reject it, not to try to perfect it, not to neglect it, but to respect it. You say, why would we respect our bodies? Well, there's some really good reasons why I think we ought to respect the body that God's given us. You have a bod from God. Did you know that? God has a lot to say. If you're taking notes, this is really important. Number one reason why you ought to respect the body you have, bodies matter because God the Father made it. You are not here through a random, unguided process of mutations. You are here because your creator, God the Father, put his hand and guided the process, informed you, and made you who you are. Let's go, somebody. King David, he did like a lot of you and I, what we do where we stand and we look in the mirror. David had a moment like this. At that time, they didn't have glass mirrors, but probably just a polished piece of metal leaned against the wall. And David looked in the mirror, and this is the conclusion he came to, looking at what reflected back to him. He said this in Psalm 139. He said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Come on, everybody read these next four words. Your workmanship is marvelous. I want you to hear this. You need to make a decision today. If you are in the process where you reject your body, you need to stop listening to yourself. You need to stop taking cues from culture that tells you you need to be a certain way. You need to look a certain way. You need to understand what is looking back at you was made by the Father, and you just need to make this declaration, God, what you made is marvelous. Come on, y'all just got to get in the habit. Stop listening to the enemy. Stop listening to unhealthy friends. You need to make the declaration and put what God said about you over what anybody else says about you. What is looking back at you, come on, what God made is marvelous. Everybody say that. What God made is Y'all just look in the mirror. Don't do it when your wife's around. She'll think you're funny. Just look in the mirror and be like, mm, God, what you made is marvelous. <laughs> and you put some accent, what you made is marvelous. Now, again, we don't feel that way because a lot of us have a rejected mentality. But what David, the conclusion David came to and what God's word declares is what you have is wonderful and marvelously made. When you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, God made everything. He made it all, but he made it all through his word. And God said, let there be light. And God said, and God said. But when it came to making mankind, it's for the first time, God didn't just use his word. God reached down with his hand. And the Bible says, God picked up out of, with his hand some of the red clay of Canaan and breathed into the breath of life. And man was made. I want you to know you have been made by the Father. And that's why your body matters. The second reason why your body matters is not just that God the Father made it. I think this is pretty powerful. Did you know God the Son wore it? We're just a few short weeks outside of our Christmas celebration. You know what Christmas is about? For a lot of us, we think Christmas is about the presents under the tree, the pine tree in the corner, the decorations on it, the food we consume. But we all know that Christmas is a celebration of something more powerful. It's a celebration of something that we call the incarnation, that God stepped out of heaven and stepped into this world, and he wrapped himself in humanity. First, or John chapter 1 says this, that the word became flesh and came and dwelled among us. Come on, somebody. God the Son wrapped himself in humanity. I, um, several years ago, was walking through. We were on vacation, and we had stopped by a pawn shop. And so we're just wandering around this pawn shop, and 
I remember walking up to this counter, and I'm a, I'm a big LeBron James fan. Many of you guys know that. He's the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. Some people call him King James. Amen. It appears I'm in the minority, in that opinion. <laughs> By the way, Buckeyes are playing tomorrow, if you guys heard. Here's a question. Just, this did not land well in the first service. Lawrenceburg, I need an opinion from you. I'll hear it later. Will you all still love me when Ohio State beats you? We may not be here next week. I'm just telling you, like, we have not gotten a positive response to that question. Roll Tide. Go Buckeyes. Let's get back to something less controversial. Let's go back to basketball, shall we? So I'm a big LeBron fan. I just am. I, I have some shoes. He's got his own line of shoes. And so I walk up to the counter, and I see in the glass case there are some LeBron 16s. Now, brand new LeBron 16s are about $290. However, the shoes in the case were not new. They were obviously worn. And the price tag for the LeBron 16s in the case were $10,000, a little bit outside of my price range. And I remember thinking like, wow, $10,000. Why would you buy a used pair for $10,000 when you can go buy a brand new pair for $290? And some of you maybe know where this is going. It's because the shoes in the case were actually worn by LeBron James in a game. See, what determined the value of the shoe is who had it on. What determines the value of you is who had a body on. While a king wore a pair of shoes, the king of kings wore a body. Let's go, somebody. He gave dignity to our body when he showed up and wrapped himself in humanity. So God the Father made a body. God the Son wore a body. And I think this may be, in my estimation, some of the most powerful thoughts of all, is God the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, he lives in a body. He lives in your body. Did you know that? Did you know when you come to Jesus, the very second you bow your knee to Christ, the very second you become a child of God, did you know the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, he shows up and he lives on the inside of you? I don't know about you guys, but I love our worship, love, man, the, the worship we had today at both campuses, Florence and Lawrenceburg, man, the Holy Spirit. Man, there's something about God's presence in the room. And we say, man, God was in the house. Is anybody here thankful, man, when God's presence is there? Man, you sense his joy and his passion and his power. Like, man, we say, hey, God is in the house. But did you know that God isn't in a building He's not here waiting for you to get here, and he greets you. He's so glad you showed up for Sunday. And then when you leave, he's like, I'll see you next week. I'll be here waiting. No, because you are, the, the Holy Spirit is in you everywhere you go, in your car, on the campus, in class, in work, in the shower, everywhere you go, God, the Holy Spirit, is living on the inside of you. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He said, don't you realize, rhetorical question, because some of us don't realize. Don't you realize that your body, everybody say my body, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. So again, I think even though our bodies are biblical, we have this unbalanced viewpoint of our bodies. And oftentimes we're trashing the temple because we don't take care of the body God's given us. I think when we disregard our bodies, we disrespect our creator. And so here's the question. I say all that to bring this to this point. And I just want to just ask this and let it culminate into this room. And here's the question. This is why I'm having this conversation today. Is can your current health support your call? 
Can your current state of being physically, can your physical health, can your physical fitness, can your current health support your call? See, I believe with all of my heart that God's word makes it really clear that every single one of us in this room have a call and a purpose from God. You were put here for a purpose. You have a reason for existence that God the Father made you. He put you on planet earth and you're here for a reason to be a difference maker on planet earth. I'm not the only one as the pastor or the preacher with a purpose. Listen, I'm telling you that, listen, doctors and nurses and first responders and teachers and mothers and fathers, no matter who you are and where you're at, you have a purpose from God and you cannot fulfill your purpose when you're sick or when you're dead. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Your light can't shine when you're six foot under. Let your light so shine before men that you can, that you can, that you can do good works. You can't do good works when you're sick and when you're tired and when you're dead. And so what I want you to hear is ultimately all of us are in this process that part of our, our bodies are part of our purpose. Have you ever been sick or in pain? All of us have. I don't know about you, but when I'm in pain, I get grouchy. And so when you're sick and in pain, it steals your joy. And when you're physically sick and weak, it robs you of your capacity and your capability. Some of you, I'm just here to tell you, and this is not good news, but like if we don't turn the corner and take care of the body God's given us, we will miss our purpose. Either we won't be able to fulfill it because we'll die too soon or we won't be able to fill it because we won't have enough strength. Here's what I want you to hear is you must manage your body so you can maximize your call. You need to be here as healthy as you can be as long as you're supposed to be here to do all God puts you on this planet to do. Can I be real honest today? I'm already out there. So some of you guys who, right, you've been here for, um, for a little while, you see, like I have wrestled, I have, like I'm not the model citizen to have this conversation. I recognize that. Some of you are like, does he know what he looks like? <laughs> I look marvelous because God says so. So graduated high school, 1990, class of 90, go Dragons. It's on the east side of Akron, Ohio. Some of you have not heard of it. And so graduated six foot three, 180 pounds of lean me. And like many of you put on a few pounds over the years, found myself at 28 years old about 240 pounds. So 60 pounds in a decade is the wrong direction. Are we tracking Faith Church? Are you all in the house? And so I just determined, like, gosh, I don't really like the way I feel. I don't like the way I look. I didn't say this first service, but so you guys hear it, I want you to know that, that I feel a responsibility of how I carry myself on this platform. I do. I can't stand before you unhealthy physically, spiritually, emotionally, or relationally and lead you well. And so I'm like, oh, I got to do something about this. And so I, like, I hit the gym, did what I needed to do, and I dropped about 20 pounds, felt a little bit better. But then over now the next about 20 years, like I've been, you've been here long enough. Some of you who are new here, like you think I've always looked like this, stay tuned. <laughs> so like, you know, 260 down to 240, and then really probably over the next decade, um, when I showed up here, I, I became the pastor of Faith Church officially in uh, December of 2011, but officially really started in the beginning of the year 2012. So I just finished nine years. Let's go, somebody. 
When I showed up here, I was 290 pounds. It went from 290 to 260 back to 280, or to 270, back to 280 to 260, to 270 to 250, and like just kind of up and down. And I got the heaviest I've ever been. About five years ago, we were in the middle of a remodel, this worship center here in our Florence campus. We were remodeling it. So we're meeting back in our gymnasium. And again, my call is I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to love people, lead people to Jesus, and help move you forward in your spiritual journey. And part of the way I do that is using the gift God's given me to communicate God's word. And that's my call, and that's my purpose. And I remember standing on the platform for several months at the heaviest I was, getting on the platform. And I don't know about you, but listen, I want you to know when I get up here, I give it 110%. Like it's, it's pedal to the metal the whole time I'm up here. When I leave, I'm exhausted. I leave it all on the floor. And I would get up to preach and I'm like, <clears throat> like, I don't know if you guys know this, but quick biology lesson, you need air to breathe, to live, to preach. And so like, I, for real, I was like struggling to really preach well and talk well because I really couldn't catch my breath. And so, like, I'm, I moved out. What I'm trying to tell you is, like, I, I was just disrespecting my bod from God. I was just totally abusing and, and dishonoring and disregarding and therefore disrespecting my creator. And I was struggling to fulfill my purpose and my call because I was abusing my body. You have a body from God that is a gift from God, and it is marvelously designed. It has been worn by the sun. It is filled with the Holy Spirit, but we got to take care of it and maximize our fitness so we can maximize our purpose and our call. Let's go, somebody. Good news is I'm 225. I've been that way for about six months. Let's go. I'm on a roll, somebody. I'm sorry. I thrive on it. Do it again. 225. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll eat a bowl of ice cream later. <laughs> Does anybody else, like, when you want something to eat, like, like the little dishes, like, I don't even know what those are for. And then there's the cereal bowls. You only use those if the baker bowls are dirty. Does anybody else eat ice cream and cereal out of a baker's bowl? Wave at me. Lawrenceburg? Some of you are lying. Come on, be honest. Like, Captain Crunch eats best out of the baker's bowl. Let's go. Big Jesus. So here's what I want you to hear. Three things I think God's called us to do if we're going to make sure we're maintaining the body that God's given us and we are maximizing our fitness, fitness so we can fulfill our call. Nothing really revolutionary here, but my heart is truly that all of us watching this and listening to this, you'll hear this, and God, you won't walk out of here under condemnation or shame or guilt, but God will challenge you that 2021 is a fresh start for fresh fitness so you can be all that God's called you to be. You can be on this planet as long as you're supposed to be here, and you can do everything you're supposed to do while you're here. Number one way you got to do that is you got to eat healthy. Got to eat healthy. I think if we're just honest, right, like we're not eating so well. In fact, we can just talk for a few minutes about COVID-15. I think anything that defines 2020 the best is COVID-15. I know some of you are like, Pastor, it's COVID-19. I'm not talking about the virus COVID-19. I'm talking about the 15 pounds that a lot of us put on while we were in quarantine. It's a real thing. It's COVID-15. Some of you know this because there's jeans you wore going into COVID that you can't get into anymore. Let's go. This is such a real thing. I just read an article this past week that popped up that the snack industry is having trouble keeping up with production because people's eating habits got so poor while they were in quarantine eating so many crackers and cookies and garbage. If it's in a box and processed, it's poison. It's not food. 
that we got so, that they are still behind and having trouble keeping up. Like, that's just who we are. And so some of us in this room, if we're honest, our diet's not very healthy. We don't eat the food pyramid. Like, we eat food that weighs as much as the food pyramid. We eat large quantities. We eat too much. And that's our struggle. And if we are going to get to the place, I want you to know, God is so clear about this. Did you know he gave a diet to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament? God cares so much about their bodies and our bodies that he gave them a menu of what they should eat. I'm not saying that we should go back and read it and do everything that God told them to do, but what I'm telling you is God cares enough to give us a diet and give us direction. We should care enough about the body he's given us that we should be concerned about the food that's going into our mouth because most of us isn't helping us, it's hurting us because we're eating the wrong thing or too much of a thing. And all God's people said, I mean, I'm like, and I'm right there with you. And here's something all of us need to hear. Did you know you can't outwork a bad diet? No matter how hard you work, if you are eating in a way that's not healthy, you won't lose weight. I, I went, uh, again, I'm just putting it all on the table. I decided today, like, I'm just throwing it all out there, and I hope it just encourages you. So uh, my wife and I, we started seeing a physical, a personal trainer about five years ago. Um, and personal trainers are from the devil, number one. If you are one, you don't love Jesus because you wouldn't do that to people. <laughs> but we would go to hell four days a week for a half hour. And if, if you have a personal trainer that's never made you almost throw up or throw up, you need a new trainer. And so there's a couple times I had to go outside so I wouldn't throw up in our trainer's gym. And, uh, and so really I was in a good place, working out, down there doing it, and had, had lost some weight, was getting healthier, but like I just couldn't like get to the place I wanted. I was eating better. And this is horrible to say. I'm going to admit this, and I recognize this was a bad mindset. But my trainer said, why don't you get your blood work done? Maybe, maybe there's something wrong with you. Maybe your hormone levels are off or, uh, you know, whatever. He's like, just go get checked. And maybe there's something wrong. I went literally to go get my blood drawn with this mindset. I hope there's something wrong with me. Because then they can give me a pill and I can get less fat. And so I walked in. The lady took my blood and I went back like a week later. And for real, she had four pages Line after line, I, I mean, they checked everything. They checked my great-grandmother's last name was in the blood work. It was, and she's going through it all, and she said this. This was about, again, four years ago. I think I was 45, 49 now, and she said, uh, she said Steve, she said, uh, you're perfect. She said, every single level of yours is right where it's supposed to be. She said, you're not even a little high or a little low. She's like, it's all perfect. And I left like, Dang. Because you know what I realized? Because I know some of you got a metabolism problem and some of you really do have a glandular problem, but most of us, we're honest, we have a food problem. And what I realized was if I'm going to get healthy, I can't just go to the gym and work out and then leave and stop at McDonald's on the way home because you cannot work a bad diet. The number one thing that's going to get you healthy is putting the right thing in your mouth. Let's go, somebody. So you have to eat healthy. I... Um, discovered something this past year, and it's helped me. It's, it's helped me in the way I think. It's helped in the way I, I eat, and I'm not there yet. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> but I, um, someone said it this way, that they, the terminology was your, their food is your fueling, is your fueling. And I think way too many of us are, we don't have fuelings, we have feastings. 
the mindset of how much food and what kind of food does your body need just to run? And how much does it need until the next fueling? I hope some of this will help you. Because some of you, you feast. You sit down and eat large quantities or you don't eat it all all day. And man, your blood sugar's all over the place. And just eat enough fueling spread out throughout the day that will help you to be healthy and to maximize the body God's given you. But again, some of us, we are held captive. And we got mindsets like this. I got to have it. Some of you are like methods. Like, I got to have my coffee. Are you going to kill somebody if you don't get some coffee? Like, I got I to gotta have my Coke. Cola, not cane. Got to have it. I felt like I had to qualify. Some of you are like, I got to have Coke. What? Some of you, this is your first time to Faith Church and your last. Glad you came. <laughs> if you ain't having fun in church, you ain't doing it right. Come on, can I get an amen on that? Some of you like the churches where the pastor yells at you the whole time, you leave feeling really bad. That's not this church. Jesus loved us, loved us so much he came and died for us and gave us a clear model himself. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit to lead this thing out, to live with joy and to make sure people, other people have joy. If you don't have joy, you ain't doing it right. So here's what Paul said again, because some of us, the reason we are struggling to, with fitness and health in our bodies is because we're addicted to foods. And this is what he said. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 6, he says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything. What he was saying was that people in Christ really are free to do anything. We're, we're not under the law. We're under grace. Doesn't mean you, it's not a license to sin, but it was this idea like you don't have to eat just this at this time. So the argument of that day was people saying, hey, I can do anything. Paul's like, okay, you can do anything, but, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, he's like, air quotes, I must not become a slave to anything. They were made for the Lord. Your bodies were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about your bodies. So he's saying, yeah, you can eat all the ice cream and cookies and cakes and pastas, and like you can eat all you want, and it's not going to keep you out of heaven. It'll probably just get you there quicker or the other place. We'll figure that out at the end. He's saying, like, don't allow food to control you. Allow God's word to define you, and God's word defines you that you are marvelously made. God has a purpose for it, so maximize it, and you can only do that if you eat healthy. So again, food is for fuel, not for feasting. Food is for fuel, not for feasting. The second thing, real quick, that I think will help us to respect the body that God's given us is to exercise regularly. I know nothing profound. I mean, like, get in some kind of habit. And I know right away some of you guys have all this pushback, like, Pastor, you don't understand. Like, I don't have any workout clothes. And we feel like we can't work out unless we go get new kicks and new shorts and new tanks. And we got to have a gym membership. And, like, I got to have. And I, I want you to know, like, while all that stuff's great and you can go to a gym and there's lots of good gyms in Lawrenceburg and there's good gyms here in Florence. Like, they have these things. They're called streets and sidewalks. And you can even do it in flip-flops. All you got to do is walk at a brisk pace for about 20 minutes a day, and you'll be better. Just, ex just get in some kind of pattern where you are exercising regularly. Now, some of you guys are going to hear this message, and you're leaving like Rocky. Dun, 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 dun. Like You're leaving like, Pastor, I'm on. I take the challenge. It's fresh fit in 2020. You got your gym membership, and you're showing up tomorrow. You ain't worked out in eight years, but you're about to go blow out weights. Listen to me. Don't do it. Pastor Mitch is our campus pastor up in Lawrenceburg. Some of you guys may or may not know this. We've been best friends for years and years. Literally became best friends. I was in fifth grade. He's in sixth grade. Yes, he's older than I am. 
And um, so we went through school, and, and Pastor Mitch has always been just kind of more athletic than I like. I'm not a runner. I don't run unless someone bigger than me is chasing me. And still then I'm like, ah, I'm going to take a shot. <laughs> Pastor Mitch is smaller. He's got a runner's frame. And so that's been that true our whole life. When we were eight, when he turned 18, I was a, a senior in high school. He had just graduated. He went off and joined the Marines. Hoorah. And I'll never forget, Pastor Mitch came back from boot camp. And so I went to see him. Best friends have not seen him now for several months. We went to hang out. And, and so here this cat is, fresh out of boot camp. He's like, hey, I'm going running. Do you want to go running? Well, I've not seen my friend in like three or four months. So I'm going to go running with my friend. Word of advice. If you can't run and don't run, don't run with a runner, especially one who just graduated boot camp as a Marine. So for real, I'm out running with him. We're, we're running down the road. I'm like half a mile in like, <laughs> I was a Marine. We got like a mile in. I'm like, I'm out. Listen to me. Don't work out with people who are too far ahead of you. Find someone just as fat as you are and take them to the gym. In fact, find someone just a little worse off than you are. Then you can do better than them and feel good. Now, if someone invites you to the gym, don't come see me. <laughs> but I'm for real. Like, don't go in. If you've ever not lifted weights for a long time, where's my weightlifters at? Like, you work out weights for the first time, you're going to walk around like this for three days. You can't straighten your arm. Just start. God isn't expecting you to be a dynamo. God is saying, hey, just make some adjustments. Like, put the cookies down, pick up an apple. Like, don't feel like you got to go push 600 pounds of weight for an hour in the gym. Like, just take a walk. But get in a habit and a rhythm of defying the gift that God's given to you so you can fulfill the, fulfill the call and purpose and let that be a gift back to God. We got to exercise regularly. Last thing real quick as we get ready to close this, number three, is we got to get enough sleep. Now, I'm a hypocrite on all these. I wrestle through all of these. But I don't require a lot of sleep. Like, my wife... Like, she can crank some hours out horizontal. And that's just her. That's, but, like, I don't need a lot of sleep. I go to bed late. Um, my perfect sleep, if I can go to bed every night at about 5 in the morning and get up at 9, that'd be money. But all of us in this room, again, we work too hard, we rest too little, we eat too much, and we don't work out enough. And somehow as a culture, we're like, eh, it's just who we are. And it's not okay. It's not okay to God. But God's not mad at you, but he's like, I got better for you. Don't, you don't have to go, you know what, how about we get in the health line instead of the medical line? Let's, let's fix it through exercise and diet instead of through medication. Amen, Pastor, that's some good preaching. You go ahead with that. We got to have enough sleep, man. We're not, we're not robots. We can't, you can't go forever. And some of you feel like as long as you can spring out of bed and you can get to the door, like, you're just going to go put another 8, 10, 12-hour shift. But if you're in pain and sick and tired, God wants you to make an adjustment, whether it's how you eat or how you work out or how you sleep. Did you know your sleep defines your metabolism? Did you know when you sleep, your body is healing itself? Did you know your sleep defines your blood glucose levels? Did you know your sleep, a big part of your sleep cycle, de determines your heart health? So it matters. Even Jesus, God's son, when he showed up, the only perfect man who ever lived, recognized his need for rest. Mark 6, 31, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. If I'm, if I'm going to do what the Father sent me to do, I have to have rest to do it. 
And so let me just ask you a question. As I'm going through these, how many of you would recognize that maybe you need to adjust your diet or adjust your workout or adjust your sleep schedule? Just as a way of accountability. Instead of just saying you need it, how many people would just say, Pastor, I'm committed with God's help to have fresh fitness in 2021? Father, I pray that over this room, pray it over Lawrenceburg, over every person watching online. God, I pray that you would help us to hear your heart on the issue, that we wouldn't take our cues from culture where we just neglect it or we try to perfect it, but God, I pray that we would respect the body you've given us. So Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, God, Holy Spirit, you speak to our diets. You speak to our exercise patterns. You speak to our sleeping patterns and help us find and define the adjustments we need to make to be the people you've created and called us to be in Jesus' name.